You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast. Official launch date, 20th of March, 2017. Hello, we're back. I'm Benji, Benji Clifford, Big Finish sound designer, composer and chattering chatman of the chattiest chattiness. Hashtag chat. (laughs) I'm joined here by my co-host. He's one of the nicest, funniest and coolest cats ever to grace this planet we call Earth. Lovely cat noise there. He's so brilliant that civilizations all over the universe have built statues to commemorate his majesty. Granted, most are made out of sticks, sand and polystyrene rocks, but occasionally you do find a well-rendered marble. I'm I'm digressing here. Um, He's a producer, a sound designer, actor, writer and a dude. It's the Nicholas Briggs. You're you're too kind, <laughs> literally. Although I would like the, a polystyrene statue of me that I could then melt in the style of the Exelon City. Hey, hey Wait, straight we've in. Sta- we've started a minute in, a minute in. <laughs> anyway, yes, I'm deeply moved, Benji. Uh, just to make sure everyone's on the same page, as it were, we at Big Finish are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audio books. Things like Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, Dracula, Frankenstein, Survivors, The Omega Factor, Bernice Summerfield. The Avengers. Sorry, that was my chair creaking. <laughs> or was it my wooden leg? Ah, The Prisoner. Oh, we love it all. Check us out at bigfinish.com. And this is what's coming up in the podcast today. In a moment, the Big Finish news. That'll be followed by listeners' emails. And then we'll have a guest star slot slash spot slash bit. And hard on the heels of that will present you the glory that is the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select something from the Big Finish archives to delve into. Then, just after the next roundup of the latest Big Finish releases, we'll be teasing you with behind-the-scenes tease all about the second series of Charlotte Pollard, due out any day now. And if you don't know who Charlotte Pollard is... That way leads to death. Uh, she was our first Eighth Doctor companion. Then she shifted over to the Sixth Doctor. Why not? And finally has ended up with her own series. Series one is available now. Here's the trailer. Ping. My name is India Fisher and I am here doing the Charlotte Pollard spin-off series. <laughs> Knowledge of Charlotte Pollard expunged. And it just feels like coming home. Remind me about that just now. Who was accusing who of going mad? That's quite enough from you, Robert. Now shut up and drive. I'm just very flattered that, you know, people are interested in Charlie as a as a sort of, you know, alternate thing to um, without her doctor. <laughs> Forgive me, I was having the oddest dream. You've got precisely ten seconds to explain exactly who you are. Perhaps you'd like to tell me where I am. Hi there. Oh, hello. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, I, I know Charlotte Pollard. She, she speaks to me. Mama, is that you? Griffin, show the Viren craft. Viren? Back so soon? The mission is completion. I don't suppose you've ever heard of the R101? Of course. Hasn't everyone? (laughs) Please don't do this!
this. There has to be another way. I mean, the time paradoxes alone are mind-boggling. I don't really see I have any choice in the matter. I'm surprised at you, Louisa, given our experiences, not to mention the Grangers all that time ago. Be quiet, Richard, dear. What are you doing? Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. There's a light! A figure! A face! I must say, you're being remarkably sanguine about all this. And series two of Charlotte Pollard will be available, as Benji mentioned, literally any moment now. I can just feel it. Get on, get on the Charlotte Pollard stuff. She is a legend. She is she is big finish legend. If 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 big finish was was some weird, strange, real history thing, she, she would be a sort of figure in a carved into a wall somewhere. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. <laughs> I um, was just letting you get on with it, mate. But she's brilliant, all right? It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, so uh, who's the special ne- Who's the special nest today? <laughs> who's oh, well, it? the special nest. Uh, who's in the nest today? My, my special guest. <laughs> who's our special guest today, Nick? Uh, well, as eagle-eyed listeners who downloaded this off the Big Finish site can tell, it's none other than, I can't speak either, than Winston Churchill himself, actor Ian McNeese. Not to be confused with Field Marshal Montgomery, <laughs> who made an inexplicable guest appearance in the last podcast. Tally-ho, tally-ho. Yes, uh, Ian McNeese, again, another living legend. What a dude, yeah. what a cool guy. So, it's time for the news, Nick. Benji, it flipping well is. This is the Big Finish News. Cunic and Benji. I can't find my device. He's going to hit himself with a mallet to make a noise. <laughs> Um, you, what you was have, that? That was that was a battery for a, a, an iPhone five. Um, oh. Yeah, it was quite painful actually. Um, I tell you what, I'll, it was a I'll, recharge pack. Here's the it? sound of here's the sound of the Cracker soundtrack. Doing that, there we go. Oh, Magic. it's called Fits. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the German. It's a German one for some reason. That that's all I've got to hand. Which says which really gives you a sort of uh, look into to what type of man I am really. It does. I'm, yes. A mad no, one. No. Never mind. Well, here we go. It's the news. Uh, so, starting off, The Prisoner Volume 2 is now in production. Recording has just wrapped on the first three episodes. Nick, give us a tease. Oh, yes. Well, I was talking to you about it before we started recording, wasn't I? Yeah, um, you were I would say, I mean, and I feel slightly sad saying it, but the three days I've spent in studio with the second volume of The Prisoner so far, because there's one more to go, are three of the best days of my entire life I mean I've had lots of really lovely days but it was just fantastic you know it's such a joy to write something and then direct it and have the actors well appear to love it uh, they did such a fantastic job um, you know Mark Elstob being brilliant as number six uh, his acclaimed performance continues on top form and Lucy Briggs Owen who you may know from The War Doctor uh, playing Rejoice, but perhaps mainly from our Avengers releases, playing Carol. Uh, she appears uh, in a couple of roles, uh, intentionally a couple of mm-hmm. roles. And I can't spoil it, she's fantastic. And also John Heffernan, 
who uh, you may know from uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell and um, River Street. And, and just sort of, it seems to be in his contract to be in everything brilliant on television at the moment. <laughs> he just has to turn up, usually playing a horrible person, which made me very nervous of meeting him. But of course, in person, he is a really nice person, if I could use the word person several <laughs> times in that paragraph. Um, so, yes, uh, I think I've mentioned before the stories in the second volume of The Prisoner. Uh, I Met a Man Today is the first episode, which is a, a, a very broad adaptation of Many Happy Returns. Uh, then the next one is called Project Six, which is an extremely broad adaptation of A, B and C. Dreamy Party! It's a little uh, reference <laughs> for anyone uh, who's seen that episode. Crazy! Um, <laughs> and the third episode is um, Hammer into Anvil, which Ooh. I've called it that as well. But my adaptation is is um, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very weird. Rover does something rather amazing in it. Yeah. Ever since watching The Prisoner, I, I genuinely am am scared of anything. That looks remotely like Rover. It's 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 oh, quite. Well, we have one, don't we? We brought it to Big Finish Day. Did it scare you? It did we scare me. Rover, it, I yeah. think the it scariest was... thing I've ever seen, though, was when I was at uh, I was in Newcastle in a hotel, and across the the from the view from the hotel was just this round thing in the trees that that looked exactly like Rover, and. <gasps> and it, I was. It was like every day, like wake up, open the curtains, see it there, and it's like oh. Another day in the village. <laughs> <laughs> Will he ever escape? Tune in next time to find out. So the final episode that uh, we haven't recorded yet and be recorded in about a month's time for all sorts of reasons that you'll find out about in the behind-the-scenes documentary is called Living in Harmony, uh, which is nothing to do with the Living in Harmony episode on television. It just happens to have the same title. <laughs> That's how weird I am. Consider yourself teased. Well, one thing I can say, actually, is that if you've not seen the television series of The Prisoner, mm -hmm. um, you can still listen to the audios because they're fantastic. Is the first thing I was going to say. Nick, um, I know what Nick Umda. Thank you. Thank you. They're fantastic. So you can, they're a really good jumping in point. But also, um, Nick, you'll know more about this than me. It's on the telly at the moment, isn't it? Yes, in the UK, it's on a channel called True Entertainment, and it started uh, last week. So um, do uh, do drop in on the prisoner on True Entertainment. Worth getting reacquainted, I think. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, there you go. So that's that's all of the prisoner stuff for today. And the prisoner volume two will be released in time for the fiftieth anniversary of the original TV series, and that is on September the twenty ninth of this year. Yes, September the 29th, also the 50th anniversary of Captain Scarlet and In the Mistrons, I've written, but I meant And the Mistrons, uh, which we're also releasing in the form of an anniversary box set of original archive audio stories from the 1960s. Mentioned it last time I saw you. I'm sure you heard that. And some enhanced audiobooks of the Spectrum Files, the TV tie-in novels from 1967. September the 29th is also my birthday. Mm, moving on, everybody. Um, <laughs> plenty of time to get me a present, Benji. Yeah, moving on. Um, yeah, so we mm. went. I might do. I might do. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get you a, a Captain Scarlet meets the prisoner birthday cake. <laughs> a bit sort of Slightly. mad crossover. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. 
Now, no, my luck. I'll, I'll, no, my luck. I'll forget and end up having to get you a Thomas the Tank Engine one from from Asda or something. Get out! <laughs> so, I hate Thomas the Tank Engine. I hate that. I hate him. <laughs> that's, that's why I got my son into Doctor Who. I thought, well, if he's going to just learn things to list, you know, I'd rather he listed the Doctors and those blooming trains. Yeah, there's much and all much, their, much all the stories about them rooted in the British class system. <laughs> It's actually very true. It is, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's horrifically offensive. <laughs> In my personal view. I find this horrifically offensive. Um, but there we go. That's you Bums. Know. That's horrifically offensive. Oh, oh. Horrific. So, as you can see, we, we have now moved down to sort of Neanderthal level of humour. Yeah, but, but we like it that way. Like Exelons. Like <gasps> We both did it at the same time. Oh, I love us. Uh, yes, yeah, so... She is um, to be sacrificed. She is Sorry. to be sacrificed. Hallelujah. I was sitting there, when he was burning that, that incense in, in the um, in the thing, I was thinking, it can't be that bad. I thought, it's only, it's only a bit of incense. Yeah. Nag champa. It's probably, probably from a, a smoke machine, anyway. <laughs> it's like, come on, buck up, Sarah. Buck up. It probably just smells of sort of... Nice spices. Um, or talcum powder. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps they're preparing her for a bath. You are to be bathed with Radox. <laughs> Radox, Radox. Um, yeah, madness. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from this absolute craziness, uh, we mentioned Charlotte Pollard earlier. Uh, so here's another reminder that the second series of the solo adventures of the Edwardian Adventuress will be out before the end of this month. Those of you who heard the first series will remember that it ended with Charlie dashing off on an adventure. In fact, a new adventure. The new series begins almost two seconds later, when everything goes horribly wrong for Charlie and her travelling companion Robert Bucken. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Go on. You know you want to say it. The continuing memoirs of an Edwardian adventuress. My name is Charlotte Pollard. Charlotte Pollard. Charlotte Pollard. Charlotte Pollard. Her name is Charlotte Pollard, and she was born in 1912. Yes, I was born in 1912, but then I did some time travelling, and then I got captured by a bunch of aliens who made me work for them. How about that? But the reason I'm leaving this record of what has happened to me... Well, here's my big idea for the day. Go on. Let's run! ...is by way of a warning. Assessed as threat. That you can never really be sure about anything. You mean the action men with smooth uh, bits? They are indestructible. Shoot to kill! I'm Naomi Davies. It's you that bird off the telly! And aren't you that dickhead who drives the train? And here's the latest on the emergency situation. Must be those soldiers! You think? This is a plea for help. For anyone watching who can do something. That's because we're on your side. The side of the human race. We are humans, aren't we? We believe this situation can be put right. You can never really be sure about anything. Charlotte Pollard, Series 2. And especially not history. Authorization given. Big finish. We love stories. And remember that this podcast ends with an extended tease of behind-the-scenes material from Charlotte Pollard Series 2. 
Doctor Who The Fan Show, available on YouTube and presented by Crystal D, came to visit the Big Finish studios during the recording of The Lives of Captain Jack. The video is now available to watch and features an interview with John Barrowman. Don't miss it. And to round off the news, here are a few quickie items. On Monday the 20th of March, watch out for news at bigfinish.com from Jamie Anderson about the third series of Terrorhawks. Stay on this channel and you'll be able to see the new cover and hear about the new completely outrageous storylines. On Tuesday the 21st of March, the fifth Doctor story, Zaltis, is released. Naturally starring Peter Davison and the gang. It's written by Matthew J. Elliott, directed by Barnaby Edwards, and it kicks off when the TARDIS is attacked in the vortex. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Zaltis. This is Zaltis. They call it the planet of the dead. You wondered what became of the inhabitants of Zaltis, Sable? Well... He has a few hundred thousand of them all in cryogenic stasis capsules. The Doctor traced the psychic attack on the TARDIS to this point. That's what brought us here in the first place. Jigan, where's she got to now? She's vanished too. This is a reminder that the incident is now two hours away precisely. How does 40 minutes suit you? As a head start, I mean. Head start? You want to make the hunt fun for them, don't you? Potential extinction-level event. Extinction? Show me. Not for you, I'm afraid. For you, Tegan, time is most certainly up. Projections indicate it will enter Zaltis' atmosphere in one hour and 56 minutes. You've broken the first law of planetary isolation. The penalty is death. Doctor. You were too late. What? He's gone. Hadric's gone. Oh no. Big finish. We love stories. And finally, on Wednesday the 22nd of March, the fourth Doctor story, The Silent Scream, is out. It's set in 1930s Hollywood, and it's the tale of how silent screen actresses trying to make it into the Takis suddenly find they're actually losing their voices. It's crazy stuff, and it's starring Tom Baker, Lala Ward, John Leeson, and Pamela Salem. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the fourth Doctor adventures, The Silent Scream. Nellie! Nellie, what's happened? Her voice! Her voice is gone! It's happened again! Loretta Waldorf as I live and breathe. Listen, it's lovely of you to stop by, but I have an appointment. An appointment with fear, I'm afraid, Miss Waldorf. Analysis suggests unknown life forms approaching. They're coming from my voice. They're like silhouettes. Dancing shadows. Help me. Please help me. I'm sorry, I can't help you. You're just recordings. They're closing in. Do they want something? Oh, yes, they want something, all right, Louis. They want to kill us. Canine, stay here. Tell the doctor where I'm going. Where are you going, mistress? Into the lion's den, perhaps. The lights have blown! Ah, that's tonic. Lulu, find the gap and run for it. Yeah, that's right. 
You just relax for a bit while the numbness spreads. Then we can begin. Big finish. We love stories. And that's it for the news. Yes, indeed, Nick. That's the news. I've packed it off on an all-inclusive holiday to Calcutta. I've booked it in the economy because I, I you know, it's, it's the news. It's, it's not. Don't want to spoil it. No, I don't want to yeah. spoil it. That's it. If you start introducing these things, to you know, these luxuries to. to things like the news they, they just take take advantage you know and it all, yeah, always leads no, to chaos true. but I've said it is only allowed back next week if it buys me a, a souvenir from, from a gift shop and preferably not one from the airport because they're usually you know you, it's just tat isn't it really so that's where the news has gone um, if you see the news on its travels uh, don't ask it for a selfie it is dangerous uh, <laughs> it, it, it does bite Time now for listeners' emails. And remember that all you have to do to join us is email us at big... uh, No, don't email us at that. Email us at podcast (laughs) at bigfinish.com. We all do it. We all do it. We always get that wrong. Uh, Yes, that's podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. And this edition, we're really quite spoiled for choice. So, first up, oh, this, is from, this is fresh in from John Ryan, who actually tweeted us last night saying, Is it too late to get it in? And this morning I said, No, it isn't. And boom, <laughs> it arrived. And here it is, absolutely, in, in all of its glory. So, here we go uh, from John Ryan. Uh, Thank you, chaps, for giving me one of the best Monday mornings ever with an announcement of Captain Scarlet coming to Big Finish, and then a fantastic Tuesday with Doom Coalition 4. Still haven't recovered from that last twist. And then an even better Sunday with your last podcast, and just an utter hilarity of it all. Hashtag Captain Scarlet. He's the man who never stabs his own face. Uh, <laughs> you had to listen to the last podcast to understand that. Yeah, I, d- I didn't sing it justice actually because I was, I was no, re- reading it for the first time. His own face. He is the man who yeah, never stabs his own face. Um, yeah, madness. He's not stabby. Well, he's not stabby. Yeah, very close to the mark, really, wasn't it? We quite like that sometimes. Uh, so yes, here are a couple of uh, questions, uh, if he may, you may. Uh, number one, as I'm still experiencing the utter ecstasy from the Captain Scarlet news and managing to get the 2005 remake on DVD, that show was my childhood, exclamation mark, close brackets, I didn't open them, never mind. If things go well, do you think that we'll be seeing more Anderson shows coming to Big Finish? If so... I'm ready to stand by for action, as anything can happen in the next half hour. Hint, hint. I'll I'll deal with the questions as we go along. Well, I mean, of course we'd love to do more. There are no plans at the moment, but, you know, um, I think ITV know, ITV Global Entertainment know that I'd be interested in that, especially Stingray, to which you are referring, stroke hinting there. John. Jack. John. (laughs) Jack. It says at the end that he's known as Jack as well. John Jack Ryan. John Jack Ryan. It's like Nicholas Nick Briggs. Benji Benj Benj Benj. Um, 
<laughs> so uh, number two, let's move this on. Uh, seeing that the Prisoner Series Two has oh, I like the way Series Two and Two work together. There. Yeah. Seeing that the Prisoner Series Two has finally entered the recording stages. Brackets. Yay! This man psychic. Does that mean that we'll be seeing a return of Nick's notes? And also, what did happen to that contest? By contest, I suppose you mean competition. Um, there was a competition about sending in reviews of the prisoner. And uh, I'm not sure what happened to that. I've got to look into it. Someone sent me all the emails and I've got to find the folder they're in. Sorry, really rubbish. I was doing notes. Uh, Joe Smith started the thing where I was going, where I was doing notes on what I was doing on The Prisoner. I should, I should do one, shouldn't I, about the recordings? Yeah, okay. Oh, that reminds me. I've got to send something to Scott Hancock, the producer of prisoner sorry that was just me uh, uh, sorting <laughs> my a, diary out having an existential existential crisis yes okay me. onwards those are my answers onwards um, with the announcement uh, that inadequate Neef- as they are okay so number three with the announcement that uh, that neef mcintosh's madam vastra uh, will be joining winston churchill for his next box set does that mean that there's hope for Catherine Stewart and quite possibly a long-anticipated spin-off for the Paternoster Rao, Rao Gang? Rao Gang? Yeah, Rao. Rao Gang, yeah. Um, I don't know. We have asked about it, but uh, we, we can't get a licence for that at the moment. Uh, but we would love to do it. Uh, number four. I've been hearing conflicting reports about the Doctor Who novel adaptations range and whether or not it's continuing. Could you clear up that confusion, Nick? Uh, yeah, John, there should be no confusion. We announced we're not doing any more, but everyone's gone, oh, please do some more. That's the only confusion. And we've said, no, we're not doing any more. So, so they're, they're, it's, they're finished. Yes. They're done. It's a done deal. They, do, they don't sell enough, is the bottom line. I've said this before. That it's a very sad thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. It's life. They're very, there's, there's a sort of strange disconnect between the number of people who are being vocal about it and the number of people who have bought it yeah Yeah. people are really keen on those who buy it are really keen on it's like the 2000 AD range you know Uh, it didn't sell well enough for us to continue but when we stopped it a load of people really complained I thought yeah but (laughs) there's not enough of you it's a strange yeah it's a strange (laughs) it's it's a shame we'd love to do some more but uh, yeah I think the thing is it doesn't correlate is what I would say it does not correlate it does not correlate it doesn't correlate it's got cholera (laughs) <laughs> it's got cholera. Um, so, uh, five, is there any word yet on the next big finish day? I'm desperate to go to one. No, there's no concrete word. We are doing something at... Um, let me just have a look in my diary. Uh, where is it? Ah, there's an event called Capitol 2 it's a Dwas event and Big Finish will be there and Benji and I will be doing something on stage and that's uh, that could point the way to the future to a, a future Big Finish day so just a little just a little tease for you there but uh, we will continue doing the Big Finish days but uh, nothing uh, planned at the moment it's all about it's one of those things it'll be worth waiting for I'm sure well it would be awful if it, if it weren't <laughs> worth waiting for and it'll sort of get there and it's just a couple of like a couple of nib- like a couple of rubbish sandwiches on a sort of table <laughs> on the side, and yeah, sorry, uh, we couldn't really be bothered. Yeah, we've got to talk. Uh, oh, who's who's at the talk? Oh, it's the uh, hotel staff on what it's like to run a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never yeah, done yeah. an interview before. I'm all nervous. 
<laughs> or if we do a recreation of the hotel staff of that uh, hotel in Slough and... <laughs> You know, that guy who takes about half an hour to serve you a pint of beer, you know. He oh. sort of sh- shimmies over and selects a glass and then comes back and then scratches his nose. And you're going, oh, never mind. <laughs> I give up. But there's another, there's another barman there who, who became a, a great friend over a, over a sort of weekend. He, he became a real you know, part of the evening entertainment, a real cool geezer. What did he do that was... I don't know. He was just a nice guy. He was, he was talking about, you know, we had these things. Do you always want to be a barman? Yeah, got any other ideas? I, said, I will open a restaurant one day. That will be what I will do. And we got chatting, and then and then I saw him months later, and he remembered me from our great chats. I thought, yeah, wow. There we go. The power of a, 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 a conversation. This is rubbish. Why am I talking about these these stupid, boring <laughs> conversations? Suddenly occurred to you that we talk rubbish in this podcast. Yeah, strange. But he's a nice man, anyway. <laughs> Uh, and finally, will Field Marshal Montgomery return for, for, for another podcast? Though possibly that question might be answered before this email is read. Well, that's true, John. I already have done a little bit of Field Marshal Montgomery. <laughs> rather, rather. But I would like to ask you, if you're offended by my impersonation of Field Marshal Montgomery, please write in and say... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. I am Phil Marshall Montgomery. We're just going to start getting emails. Hello, yes. This is Lord So and So from Fifth Division. I'm rather disappointed <laughs> of your portrayal of Phil Marshall Montgomery. He was a thoroughly nice fellow, and he didn't speak in that rid- ridiculous way. <laughs> but I think almost everyone used to speak like that when they were in black and white newsreels. That was just the rule. Well, they always had that, you know, that force. Perfectly normal people were given a. a a guide to how to speak on camera. Well, it was all and rather was like, like that, that, wasn't it? Very sort of, <laughs> very quick. Here comes now Nicholas Briggs, wonderful man, standing there at the top of the something building on Parliament Square. There it is. There it is. I know. I was listening to a lovely thing on SoundCloud about uh, archive recordings. Mm-hmm. And there was this BBC producer, I can't remember his name, who used to, who was, because the the wisdom at the BBC, you know, back in the 20s and 30s was don't ever put a microphone in front of an ordinary living human being. It can only be broadcasters. And this guy, he broke the mould. And it was very difficult to get portable recording equipment. So he'd, he'd go around the streets of London late at night and find interesting people and convince them to come into Broadcasting House and just be themselves. That's amazing. So, like, you've got some bloke singing, sort of... <laughs> it's like a sort of Peter Sellers sketch <laughs> and people talking about stuff, and they've got that terribly Cockney accent, which sounds like it's very posh as well, you know, and they say, oh, well, we don't like, what, we don't like what's happening these days. No. <laughs> it's always that, isn't it? It is it's always very, that. Yeah, and, and it's genuinely the way they spoke, unless, of course, there's a microphone in front of them, so they're sort of doing, as it were, their telephone voice. My mother used to have a telephone voice. Hello? Oh. As most of the time, she spoke like that. <laughs> well, so I think somebody put out a tweet the other day saying, um, uh, I, uh, I talk in normally, then all of a sudden the phone rings and I answer it. And this strange being from inside me answers it. And I don't know who they are, but they, all, they only exist when the phone's on. And it's true, you pick it up. You know, like I, I turn into the world's most pleasant man when, I, when anybody phones me. Hello there. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for for yeah. I'll I'll see you later. Put the phone up. <laughs> Didn't want to talk to them. Um, 
I once got told off by a girlfriend from years and years ago that I was so busy. It was when I was sort of editing Sword of Orion, I seem to remember. Ooh. And I was really busy doing that. And she would phone me up. And it's quite a new relationship. And I'd be, you know, in the middle of blowing a spaceship up or something. And I'd just go, hello, yes. <laughs> and she said, well, you don't sound too pleased to hear from me. And I said, well, I didn't know it was you, darling. <laughs> and then I So uh, she said, well, when you answer... She was quite demanding. She said, well, when you answer the phone in future, can you just sound a bit nicer? Because it upsets me. Yeah, I know. Nightmare. Um, so uh, you should have seen Benji's face then. Um, so the next time, so next time you answered the phone, I, you said, hello, it's, it's, it's me here. You're, you're dumped. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, I won't go there. I was just about to give you a whole reminiscence that would be far too revealing. Um, but I then developed the habit, because I try to be accommodating in my life, believe it or not, of answering the phone in a nice way. So I'd always, so I'd always go, hello, good morning. And then, of course, I'd get those blooming cold calls from people who are used to people slamming the phone down on them. And I'd go, hello, good morning. And quite often you'd hear them go, oh. Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm phoning from the double glazing clang. You know, I put the phone down. But, you know, it gave them a full sense of uh, being welcomed because I sounded so ridiculously pleasant. And they but think I'd they can get their that. own way as well, I think, is the yeah. other thing. My favourite one I ever... The moment I can hear a call centre at Moss behind them, because oh, yeah. there's always that delay, I just put the phone down. I don't even bother speaking with them. Have you ever had that one uh, from the computer repair uh, people? That's the best one. Who, yeah, they, oh, well, I've had the, they've started it with me. They said, yeah, it's about your PC. I go, that's interesting. What PC would this be? Uh, well, I'm afraid there's uh, the Microsoft. I said, yeah, I've got a Mac. Goodbye. <laughs> I, just, I used to do it where when they'd phone up and say, okay, yep. All right. Well, um, the computer. Uh, oh, I don't use it a lot. I mean, okay, yep. I'll, I'll just turn it, it on. Where's the button? And you just, I just have a bit of fun. And they go, okay, well, it, it does, it does Are take a while. Them? Yeah, just for ages. Oh, it's just booting up now. Because they want access to your computer, don't they, to nick all the files? Yeah, that's, what, that, that's yeah, exactly that's it, yeah. basically. It's terrible, isn't it? And the one where they phone up and say, oh, it's about the road accident you've had, you know, based on the random fact that eventually someone will go, oh, yes, I did just have a road accident. I actually said to the one once, I said, oh, yes, that's right. And they went, yes, indeed. And I said, yes, it was on the magic swan on the way to Saturn. And they slammed the phone down. <laughs> that's amazing. I should have listened to their response, but it just annoys me. But, of course, they're only doing a job that they're being forced to do at bayonet point. Yeah, that's <laughs> perhaps not. Perhaps I exaggerated there. Sorry, Jack Ryan. Yeah, back to the email. His last thing is, and um, whatever, uh, whatever the answers. I hope you find Jens have a nice day and a lovely day, in fact. And as always, buck up, John Jack Ryan. And now this from Mike Warwick. Greetings, gentlemen. As the subject line suggests. Oh, I didn't put that in here and this is my first foray into sending emails to the podcast i have been a lurker for too long and feel the time is right to attempt to contribute to the general merriment a couple of things have set me thinking recently the first of these was the discussion in this week's podcast about captain scarlet i am beyond excitement at the prospect of your forthcoming release i had one of the seven inch records that needed to be played at 33 i remember going into our local record shop with my grandmother because i wanted a copy of the captain scarlet theme and i remember her persuading the shopkeeper to play the record so that we could be sure that the theme tune was on it in full. She was good like that. Sadly, I have no idea where the record went. 
I can put my hands on my old Trumpton and Camberwick Green LPs, ooh, as well as Johnny Morris reading Thomas the Tank Engine. He was the best at that. He was fantastic. And that was me saying that, by the way. And some <laughs> Beatrix Potter stories read by massive stars such as Vivian Lee. But of Captain Scarlet, there is no sign. Hence my excitement at the prospect of being able to revisit the lost artefact as well as the others in the series. The other thread that you set running recently in my mind concerns the if you could have only one Doctor Who story, which would it be question. I was pondering this and it occurred to me that I might not want my favourite story, but I might want one that leads my mind on to other great memories. For example, I might think of Silence in the Library, not because of the episode itself, although it is good, but because it introduces River Song and releases all of the potential of her character. Equally, I can vividly recall watching Terror of the Autons. Oh, yeah, me too. It was one of the first episodes I watched on my own without my parents. I was Aww. quite scared. Uh, when it was first broadcast and being somewhat petrified. Same memories. Particularly when I noticed that mannequins in clothes shops had a join at their wrists just where the Autons' hands would <laughs> flop down to expose their weapon. However, the introduction of The Master has led to some of the finest moments in Doctor Who and watching the story calls so many of those to mind. I guess what I am trying and manifestly failing to articulate is that I might choose a story that triggers memories of many other stories over a great story. Yeah, I see what you mean. My wife and I recently reveled in the talons of Wang Chiang. Brilliant. Too, purely because it made the delights of your Jago and Lightfoot series possible. Yeah, I watched that with my son and my, my wife did watch a little bit of it. She said, is it in black and white? I said, no, it's in colour. Oh, I'm, I'll watch it then. <laughs> uh, I am conscious that I hinted at contributing to the merriment of the podcast and have so far failed to be remotely merry, barely even slightly wry. However, I might venture into the realms of whimsy as a thought occurred to me when listening to the moment in Luna Romana when Romana activated the silencer on her sonic screwdriver. Surely a sonic screwdriver with a silencer activated is a screwdriver. I realise that it is clearlish, churlish to be so pedantic. I wish I could be pedantic about saying it properly uh, when there is so much to marvel at in the world of Big Finish. But it made me smile. After all, pedants rule, or at least they display some of the traits generally associated with leadership. <laughs> Very good. Uh, hopefully, I will start to get the hang of this podcast emailing malarkey and put my finger to keyboard again. Well, hopefully, more than one finger. Until then, thank you for all the pleasure that you bring with your story. I love them too, Mike Warwick. Thanks, Mike. Cheers, Mike. It's lovely stuff. It's funny, Talons of uh, Wang Chiang has popped up this week more than once in in just just yeah exactly like that in, in random conversation. I, I feel that like this might be a sign that I need to sit and watch it again. I might have to do that. I think you do, particularly for the end of uh, is it episode four? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it two? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. I love that buzzing for he's someone it's it's not your mum's birthday anymore so. no it's not so did they, I don't think anybody did come for that no they that didn't they didn't even arrive on that day it came the next day and, and on her birth on yeah on her birthday I think it was and mm -hmm. and thus and thus it created all no the day after her birthday sorry and created all we must get this right I mean it is a pivotal point it is a pivotal but that that interesting <laughs> thing about that 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 doorbell is it was that is actually it has a bell it's an old-fashioned bell that's meant to go ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling but yeah. but uh, the bell just doesn't ting anymore so all it does is go uh, um, I should probably help, <laughs> help. <laughs> should 
should probably record it because it sounds quite cool. It's very yeah, uh, it could very, be good. Very Jerry Anderson sort of sound effects thing, you know. Talk, <clears throat> talking of deliveries and Jerry Anderson, uh, I got back from London to find that Jamie Anderson had sent me uh, one of those uh, replicas of a Thunderbird's gun. Oh no way! It's nice of him, isn't it? Um, but the stand was broken. He said, oh, I'll send you another one. I said, no, 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 it's fine. And the only reason I told him is so that, you know, for quality control and distribution issues that he could, you know. Perhaps it's a sign that you, sh- you should wear it on your belt at all, all times. It's too heavy. It's made of, you know, heavy resin. Get, get a stronger belt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Awesome, though. They, they are gorgeous. They are absolutely gorgeous. And finally, this from Steve Small. Oh, no, I've not, done, I've not, I've not read out my one yet. Or should we just go to what? Steve Small? Oh, sorry. I've moved the page. Okay. Here's a controversial one from Chris Orton. Dear... Stop, don't move. And total extermination. Fire, fire, fire. I think, Nick, you're going to have to do that one. You're the Dalek man here. No, no, that was very good. Carry on. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, there have been some terrific art. There has been some terrific artwork done for the CD covers by your talented artists over the years, but the photo mosaic style is getting dared I say it, a little samey now. Would there be any chance of a bit of a change of style for some of the Doctor Who covers at all? I loved Clayton's vector designs for Dalek Empire 1 and Dalek Empire 2, for example. Very striking, and not ones that require over-familiar pictures to be used. Adrian Salmon's work uh, for the Benny releases was very effective too, and the Cicero cover is very nice as well. Simple and bold. Not a complaint at all, uh, just a thought, really. Keep up the great work... Uh, and I'll keep sending you my money. Chris. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Chris, I think I follow on uh, Twitter. Yeah. I think Chris once sent me uh, a DVD of something that I couldn't find. I think that was you, Chris, wasn't it? It was very kind of you. I did a general... It was of Edwin Astley, a programme about Edwin Astley's music. Fair yeah. enough. And wow. I, I went on Twitter, you know, who did Danger Man and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Chrissy yeah, is controversial. I, I must say that, uh, I have to say, I don't agree with you uh, that they are getting samey. And I think it's an essential part of our style. I think it, the photos link us to the TV series that we're linked to. I think if we were to do other kinds of designs for those, it, we wouldn't look as though we were so much part of it, to my mind. Um, I controversial I mean Adrian Salmon is a brilliant artist and a lovely human being I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that style myself that's a very controversial thing to say and uh, I, I wanted us to have uh, more sort of uh, photographic covers for Bernice Summerfield to make it more immediate um, yeah but yes uh, Clayton's designs for Dalek Empire um, were, were lovely and they were different and I'm always open to there being slightly different styles and again the Cicero one very nice um, yeah, so always room for more, but the general style will continue the way it is because I absolutely love that. Sorry, Chris. And finally, this from Steve Small, Nick and Benji, in grey text. I don't know why, the rest of it's in black. Uh, responding to a recent podcast when you talked about watching only one Doctor Who episode, I have to pick two. First, the android invasion. There is the ginger beer and ginger pop scene. Well, ginger pop, please. Uh, do you remember that? I do remember yeah. that. I yeah. do indeed. Great story, also, actually. It's great, isn't it? I hated it at the time. I thought it was so mundane and too like an old uh, Doctor Who story. I didn't like it at all, but I really, really love it. 
Also, the story opens with an android walking and jerking and flinching. I know he's malfunctioning, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's just cruel, Steve. Steve's having a great time. I can just picture him laughing, having this just really happy. Second, Carnival of Monsters. I like the Drash Eggs. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't like. Do you like the drashes? I do. My my favourite thing is my my friend Billy has a YouTube thing where where he's got this character called Drashig, and he's got this. He's made this whole sitcom about it, and he's got that puppet. You know the one. So it's the best that that I I can't take Drashig serious now because it's just. I think they were quite difficult to take serious in the first place in the TV series. Oh, but this is he's, he's you know he's just he just dish rags. They, they've done it in this way that it's it's like a it's. It's a comedy series, sort of set in a house with with Drashig uh, and, and Auton and um, uh, oh something else. But yeah, it's always it's Drashig and it comes in and goes hi guys, and it's really sort of it always bursts through the wall and sort of eat. Oh, it's great! You've got to check it. What's it called? People should find this on uh, YouTube. It's on Five Who fans. Um, let me just find. Oh out the, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I was, I was previously a member of that once upon a time. Um, and my keyboard's not working, so I can't take... Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> that doesn't bode well for the randomoid selectron later. It doesn't. Uh, it's working now. We're okay. We're, we're safe. Uh, it's working. Yep, it's working. Um, there's loads of them. There's... Uh, it's definitely working. <laughs> definitely... It's never Omega, is what it's called. It's Omega and Auton and Drashig, and it is fantastic. And Drashig even um, interviews people as well. He's interviewed uh, Edward Russell before. Uh, wow. And he's 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 really going places. Uh, so yeah, check out. Well, that's, uh, Edward Russell is very official. So you know, obviously that it's been sanctioned by the BBC. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Do you know? Can I just? I, I'll get into such trouble. I just want to say this: there is going to be a fourth Doctor Drashig story. <gasps> Yeah. I don't know in how many years' time, but there is one. We've, we've recorded it. Anyway, uh, he also, uh, Steve goes on to say, maybe Patrick Stewart will do a big finish with David Warner if you get the rights to Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh. Meanwhile, back on Earth. Um, how does Chase Masterson record for you? Does she come to your studios or do you Skype it? It's none of your business. Uh, also, <laughs> a bit of both, I think. Also, you can write Stop, Don't Move. Oh, also, can you... Yes, I think you mean can you, but you've put you can. Also, can you write Stop, Don't Move for Tim Trelaw and an upcoming Third Doctor Adventures? I think we must, actually, Steve. I think we have to do that. I'll see if I can get that in. Uh, the music that is used for the Randomoid Selectatron is pretty good. It reminds me of the Jurassic Park theme. No, oh, I never thought of that. Hmm. I can't remember what it's called. It's got a particular name. Let me see if I can find the name of the music. Uh, I'll have to... This is going to be weird. Is it there? No, that's not it. Maybe here. It's called Parade of Champions. That's what it's called. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it's a free bit of copyright-free music. So there you go. Mm-hmm. On a serious note, what is the port per order charge for the CD purchases? That's the postage, Steve. Because previously... Uh, we were posting them out. Our, our postage rates had got completely out of date. And basically, we were losing money every time we sold a CD to the, to America. Yeah. So, yeah. It was costing more to send it than the money we were getting for it. So we had to put the per order charge, which is still not the full postal cost by any means, but it at least brings us into the realm of not losing money on it. So that's what it is. Okay. 
right. I just realised we didn't get to that email from Bilal Exelon that I teased about last time. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh yes uh, I had a quick look uh, Bilal suggests we do a charity release of us doing a commentary for Death of the Daleks mm, oh, Benji what do you say it's got to be done Nick I think it, it has to can you imagine just just you know two hours of, of Death to the Daleks what I mean what more what more do we want well, and the idea is it that people sync it up to the episode while they're watching yeah it. so they, they sync it up because they, they've done it for a few different I've Phantom seen films have do, done it yeah like yeah. For, for the web of it Fear and, and Enemy of the World, so they'd sync it up and, and watch us bantericiously talking throughout. And oh, you, they watch you, do they? So, so they, wa- they, well, they watch it. They watch Death to the Daleks with us over the top, our commentary on it, you see. Yeah. So it'd be like a, a, So someone just has to put it on while they're watching Death to the Daleks. How do they make sure that it's synced up? Um, I, I, do we go, three, two, one? Duh, 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 pretty duh. much, yeah, pretty much, hmm. you'd say, and... You know, or, or we could have a disclaimer of, of me going and press play now. Um, but yeah, they'd sync it up and then they'd watch it. It could be quite fun. Could be fun. Hmm. Okay. Nice little charitable nugget there. So thanks, Bilal. Always, always. That uh, way didn't lead to death. I tell you what, I would always love a story where um, Doctor goes back to Exelon and. And it's after everything that's happened. It's set after the big city thing. And he meets Bilal again. And Bilal's... I'd imagine he'd be like an elder leader, if you see what I mean. Of, of this, We are going to go back to Exelon at some point, you know. It's in the in the planning. Amazing. I'll say no more than that. Amazing. I'm pending a story conference with uh, David Richardson, Ooh. which has been pending for about a year, actually, after the initial idea. Good, good things come to those who wait. Indeed. And Doctor, where have you been? <laughs> well, I'll tell you where I've been. I've got a big bloody long list. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, quite. I've been to the planet of the spiders. <laughs> I regenerate. I was on a hovercraft with Lord <laughs> I Montgomery. Squashed, I squashed a tramp in a hovercraft. <laughs> that way leads to death. That way leads to a sequel. Um, anyway, we're massively going off at a tangent here, and time is ticking I know, it's on. It's so unlike us. <laughs> so that is the end of the emails. Now, um, for for to, to cut this down, I'm just gonna just gonna literally say that's the end of the emails. It's gone. It's finished. It's dead. This is the sound of it. It is no more. That was it. Goodbye. Slightly envious of you there because you uh, used a glasses case to make that sound effect. I've got one just like that, except mine's broken and doesn't work properly. <laughs> That's uh, the best apparently, bit. you can go and get a free one from Specsavers. You can just go in there and say, I bought glasses from you and my case is broken. And they'll just go, here's a free case. But oh, that's all right. wouldn't everyone do that? Maybe. I mean, it's could... not everyone has a broken glasses case. <laughs> that's the uh, I mean that the only benefit really of having glasses apart from obviously them aiding your sight and making you look more intelligent is that you get a snappy case and you get to snap yeah. it aggressively at people when you're annoyed it's, it's, it's you see my problem is I'm always taking my glasses on and off and putting them away and getting them out again which is why I wear my glasses my glasses cases last about an eighth of the life of a pair of glasses you know what I mean because I just overuse it anyway sorry all this up to the minute banter on glasses cases is I'm sure keeping you absolutely riveted on this Sunday afternoon or Monday morning whenever you're listening to this or have you dropped off on the way to work have you fallen asleep because we bored you stiff I'm so sorry time now for our guest star slot this week it's occupied by the 
truly lovely Ian McNeese. Uh, we achieved this interview via FaceTime while Ian was in studio with the second series of the Churchill Years. Yeah, let's see how this works out. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? All right. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to doing this. Not at all. Have you got over your jet lag? You've just got back, haven't you? Well, I got back from uh, yeah Gallifrey One at the beginning of the week. That's right. Yeah. But I'm a bit behind with all my work. I was hoping to come into the studio to say hi properly. Oh, nice. There you go. Anyway, so I'm recording this. They're recording this, and so we should. I'll edit it together, and it'll sound like we're in the same room. We will, of course, we will. <laughs> How are you? What are you up to there? Uh, we're doing. Oh, I think it's the second one uh, we're into. We did one. We did one the other day. Uh, Churchill's double, mm-hmm. and now this is Churchill victorious. Um, set just after we won the war. It's pretty amazing stuff, I have to say. Brilliant. Written by two writers. Two writers. I've just been having a lunchtime chat with the writers to find out how they how they work together what, what's the um i said are you in the same room as you do it no 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 so uh it was very interesting finding out how how they how they put it all together yeah i mean i couldn't write with anyone else i'm just too irritating no no, no apparently that they just get um they get a draft done very quickly and then they pick it and then they they work from that which is which is impressive i have to say yeah. and i said as regards fees is it uh, is it uh, two fees but people no no just the one fee <laughs> just the one fee which is uh yeah, Which of is course. a shame. Yeah. It's their choice, isn't it? You know. No, yeah, their choice, absolutely. Otherwise everybody would be doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Get twice as much money. You could just um you could just invent a name yes. of a writer, couldn't you? Yeah. Of course, of course you could. Yes, me and Bill Bloggs are writing this. Twice yeah. the money, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Um now there are only really three questions in these podcast interviews, so you know, All right. hopefully it'll be quite painless. Um one of them is completely egotistical and making it all about me. Uh, can you remember when we met? Um, well, I am trying to think whether it w- was it before. Um, was it before we did Victory of the Daleks? Well, you yes, because you did come in and do a big finish, didn't you? Yes, I did a big finish. I did two big finishes. I did with one with Paul McGann. Yeah. Um, and then one with um, Tom Baker. Oh right, so. The Paul McGann one was definitely before Victory of the Daleks. Yeah. But did I meet you then? Did I meet you at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I interviewed you or something. Oh, right. Because okay. I was producing, right. but uh, Barnaby Edwards was directing. It was called Immortal Beloved. It That's was called Immortal Beloved. I just I, I remember it well. I remember it well. And then, of course, and, yeah, we, we saw I... each other again on set in Doctor We Who. did. With Victory of the Daleks, I remember that extremely well because I I always talk about the fact that um, um, at the read-through, you're there with your box yeah. and you're there with your Dalek voice and it is still doubly terrifying in, in the read-through room as it is everywhere else. It's amazing. <laughs> no. Oh, well, bless no, you. No. Uh, there's something I've always wanted to ask you actually about the filming of Victory of the Daleks, which I've never... You know how on all the call sheets there's all this very strict stuff about not filming or not taking photographs, and you just don't take any notice. I didn't take any notice of that. No, because what I did was, which was appalling, appalling. But that, that I, I'd actually worked um, 
before I'd done Victory of the Daleks, and, and I was in touch with a little boy, a little boy who was the son of our, our, our um, DP on Doc Martin. Oh, and he had a, wonderful, had a wonderful name like Fagin or, or Toy Tobias or something. It was a really old-fashioned English name. Uh, um, it, it'll come back to me. But he was a huge Doctor Who fan. And I can remember being on the set of Doc Martin and, and hearing I got the job. And he said, oh, you're going to be in it. You're going to be in it. And I thought, to myself, I've got to do something special for him. So I literally did a, a um, video. I know. I did a video of which I got everybody to talk to him, to say hello to him, including yourself. Yeah. And you did a wonderful little thing about, you better be good or there'll be trouble or something like that. <laughs> and But I got everybody on this little thing, unbeknownst to anybody else. And I, I actually hadn't read. I hadn't read the little English <laughs> says, don't you dare, A, take photographs. I was videoing the whole thing, photographs, videos. Yeah. And, and I think that, that and then you were so showing the edit to everyone yes, else. Yeah. Yes, and, and 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 I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the thing is, I mean, so so sweet because someone should have come up to me and said, "Look, this is not on. You you can't, you can't do this." But they somehow I got away with it. I well, I think it's it. because you were the prime minister. I think KBO, <laughs> KBO, keep buggering on. But uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it edited down to a beautiful little film in the end. Yeah. It was great. No, it was, it got everybody, including yeah, was, the stars. It was Ian McNeese power. That's what it was. I think no one I dared, know. you know, because obviously you're I such an know. intimidating figure. Not only that, but I can remember I said, um, uh, I even said, look, there were two little girls who wanted to come to the set who, 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 who were related to a friend of mine or something and they came to the set and i think they even got hoisted into a dalek at one point i mean ridiculous stuff that you know that you just don't buy a producer who put them in like you know uh, oh god no treated treated royally treated yes. absolutely royally on that set such is the affection that you engender that's what it is here oh sweet 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 <laughs> now um have you ever heard any uh, big finish other than the ones you've been in? Or indeed, have you heard the ones you've been in? Oh, yes, yes. In fact, very usefully. I, I mean, I actually played um, played one of my episodes from the box set on the way in uh, the other day. When I was going to record this, uh, this block, I actually had a CD from the from my other box set in the car so I could listen to myself as Churchill so I could get back into the scheme of things so so uh, yes no but of course of course but as regards anybody else is absolutely not no no so you have because the no. question I ask is uh, is anything uh, what's tingling your molecules about big finish at the moment um, no, I have to say that, 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 that I'm very poor on that. I have to say I'm very poor on that. I think you better edit all that out, love, because we don't <laughs> want me, we don't want me to, to, to disparage you or anything like that. Well, at least, I mean, are they treating you well there? Oh, my God, Toby, Toby. I mean, we've just had trifle, darling. We've had trifle. Oh. We've had the most wonderful meal. I mean, as always, I got very snippy because they said, look, you've got two days up in London and then two days in Tunbridge, Tunbridge Wells. Will Toby be in Tunbridge Wells? Will he be there? No, no. I said, well, that's it's not going to happen then in that case. No, I'll do the London gig, obviously, but nothing yeah. down in Tunbridge Wells. No, I always remember the first time I went down to Tunbridge Wells thinking, why the, why the, why the hell are we going to Tunbridge Wells in the middle of nowhere? And it wasn't until I got there and coming through, coming through the door at ten o'clock, still in his pajamas, 
<laughs> with a cup of coffee was Tom Baker because he only lives five minutes down the road. And that's why we were there, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'd just Great. like to say that the only reason you had trifle today is that Toby expected me to be there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's my favourite, you see. I bet it is. You ask him. I will definitely... Uh, well, I tell you, when I walked into that room and saw this gigantic vat of trifle, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I thought all, all my dreams of, you know, of dining on heaven. Whatever actor, wherever you are, and you go, what have you done recently? And you go, well, I've just done a big finish. And before you can even get the words out, you say, oh, my God, the lunches. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, that's what they say. Uh, you know. Uh, one last question, which is what's tingling your molecules generally in entertainment? You know, I'm talking about a film, a book, a TV series, a theatre play, anything you like that it's particularly engaged you recently. Well, I got very excited when I had to do a... Um, I had to self-tape myself at home uh, playing um, a, a painter. Oh. Playing a painter doing, um, doing a portrait of the Queen. And this was for the second series of The Crown. Oh, yes. And, uh, and, uh, and I was desperate to get it. And in fact, I didn't get it because they said, actually, they're gone with someone else. Uh, but don't worry. They were thinking of you for something a little bit bigger. And I went, oh, well, think again. Yes. I just think that uh, The Crown, uh, for me, is one of the best things I've seen in an awfully long time. Oh, yeah. I've just, I just recently finished it. absolutely loved it. And Matt Smith gives an excellent performance and through gritted teeth gritted teeth i have to say that john lithgow is an it still hurts excellent winston <laughs> churchill he is good isn't he he's very good no so yeah I, w I would put that at the top of my list at the moment brilliant well there you are listen i'll let you get back to being churchill all right thank you anyway good to see you take care bye now bye bye Huge thanks to Ian and also to David Richardson and Ken Bentley who allowed me to muck up their schedule <laughs> by doing that interview. He was actually in the recording booth, but I think that much was clear during the interview. By the way, oh yes, I just wanted to mention some upcoming interviews we've got. Because I just did the Prisoner Studio Sessions, I re recorded a, a podcast interview with Mark Elstop, who plays number six. Uh, also, um, John Heffernan, star of many many tv series and, and playing a number two in the big finish the prisoner also lucy briggs owen who's done many many big finish productions and so it was lovely to get great little chats with them so they'll be coming up also chase masterson there's an interview with her uh you know plays vienna for us and was also in deep space nine all those years ago brilliant actress lovely human being and she talks to scott handcock not sure what's coming up next week let's just uh keep you and um and me and benji guessing it's just gonna be nick going out on the streets late at night finding a person uh bringing them back to to the studio and, and interviewing them <laughs> that's when when the narrator of this particular documentary i'm talking about the thing i was talking about earlier about archive releases in case you've got archive recordings in case you think i've completely lost the plot when, when the fellow says, and he sometimes brought them back into the studio, and you immediately cut to someone going, Imagine he brings them into the studio and thinks, Oh, God, we can't shut them up. Security. Come on, sir, back onto the street. Back back to your begging bowl. Here's, here's, here's a shilling for your trouble. 
<laughs> uh, so <laughs> you're a champion, sir. Oh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> no, look, look, just, just go. Right, there's your, you've had your money. Honestly, <laughs> it's time for the randomoid selectatron. So here we go. It's being activated. Pingity woo and. We've got Valhalla. 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 Yeah, she's a lovely girl, Valhalla. <laughs> oh, hey, look at that. Valhalla, I can tell, even without looking up, that was one of the uh, earliest ones I was executive producer for. Uh, it's a Sylvester McCoy story. Uh, it's by Mark Platt, I remember. I'm still looking it up. And uh, it also had uh, Susanna York in it. Michelle Gomez as well. I know. Like, Michelle, uh, that's when I first met Michelle which uh, bless her when I saw her again on the set of Doctor Who she certainly remembered and she said why haven't I done another one I wanted to do another one and I said well maybe we could one day that'll set a lot of emails going um, yes uh, Duncan Wisby yeah Fraser James oh goodness me yeah um, that was uh, it's all about termites on the uh, Callisto and I remember it had a different title and I was very much you know in my first phase as as executive producer there and I made them change the title to Valhalla uh Michelle came in and wanted to because she was playing Jevon she decided that her character was Scandinavian (laughs) (laughs) so she did the interview with me which I re-released a while ago actually it's mainly me just laughing a lot because she is totally beautifully bonkers uh, and so she she had a real problem because she wanted to do it at Scandinavian but John Ainsworth the director said no no I just do it in your own voice but in the interview she pretended that she was Scandinavian <laughs> and that she was being forced to do it in a fake Scottish accent so she was just absolutely crazy and she did a whole thing about how her brother used to uh, scare her when she was a kid by going the Zygons are coming the Zygons are coming the Zygons <laughs> anyway I think my favourite thing very about funny. Michelle Gomez is you occasionally see on Twitter pictures of her tagged with, with fans at conventions at the photo mm-hmm. shoot but my favourite thing is unlike anybody else who you know you get the, the standard photos sort of things that you get when people do photos hers are always like completely bonkers like she's doing something ridiculous like Oh, yep. it's amazing it's like this is she gives great value to fans she doesn't mess about well she does mess about but what I mean is it's it doesn't seem to, at all like it's a bind for her to do it she is absolute she is there to entertain them and she gives them the best time she can give them I mean she is there are so many Doctor Who celebrities like that she is you know one of those remarkable gives to the nth degree you know and just lovely lovely to chat to on set She's so funny. She, uh, I remember hearing this sort of knife and fork noise from behind the set in um, that one with Davros in, you know. And uh, I went round and she was sitting behind the set and she had a little table and chair set up and a plate of food. I can't tell you exactly what she said. <laughs> I'll paraphrase it. But she said, she said, I'm so, I'm so greedy. I'm eating all the time. And she's so skinny. And she's constantly eating these huge full meals during the day. She had them brought to her, you know. It was brilliant. It's lovely, lovely human being. Uh, yes, Susanna York, who's sadly no longer with us. 
Um, that was uh, sort of quite controversial because, uh, well, in retrospect, because uh, she had worked with Tom Baker in Hedda Gabler, the stage play, and she played Hedda Gabler. And uh, Tom, it was clear from her and latterly from Tom that uh, they did not get along. <laughs> Uh, she didn't have anything nice to say about Tom Baker um, so we hadn't worked with Tom at that point but yeah Tom tells a funny story about how he thought he'd be playing Hedda Gabler and was quite disappointed to find that she was <laughs> <laughs> anyway there you are it's brilliant well I haven't played the trailer yet is the trailer welcome to Valhalla capital city of Callisto Jupiter's premier moon whatever you want it's here in Valhalla good afternoon I'm the doctor. Attention all rioters. Please take your places. This evening's riot begins in 15 minutes. You said he was a doctor. There are no doctors registered. So how did he get through immigration? Everyone gets stamped at immigration. He displays no immigration barcode. Records hold no genometric match. He doesn't exist. No, I don't like this. Suppose he's from Earth authorities checking up on us. And with the riot tonight, Trouble's the last thing we need. There's been an accident. I have a friend down there. Leaving is a much better idea. No, no, I have to find Tim Marie. Not that way. Ow! Get off of me! Better back the way you came. Trust me. <gasps> what was that? Something better left alone. This evening's riot begins in four minutes. The Cafe of Good Hope. Sounds promising. Hello? Anyone at home? Where are those things? They're not from Callisto. Who knows? There are other worlds in the strangest places. Not just far out in space, but round corners and under stones, staring you in the face, sneaking behind your back. The trouble is, humans never notice. Oh, they do great fries here, real potato. Only decent food in town. So that's chips twice and two teas. So yeah, great Mark Platt nonsense. Lots of great memories of being there. I went and did the cast interviews, of course. That's why I spoke to Michelle. Great stuff. Do you, have you ever heard it? I've not heard this one. I've not. I'm going to confess I haven't. I, I want to. It looks quite fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's epic and dark. and. It yeah. might have to be my next, next one to listen to. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many. And yeah, you can always rely on Mark Platt to be brilliant. His adaptation of The Time Machine, which is going into studio uh, next week, or the oh. day this is being released, uh, is sublime. Really? Uh, and I, I, I'm i so bitter that I was down to direct it and I just, my schedule is too packed and I couldn't direct it. And I'm desperately, desperately sorry because The Time Machine is such an important book to me. You know, I read it when I was a teenager and it just... Oh, it's glorious. Those oh, those, just, those Morlocks and their mystical uh, ways. And he, his adaptation is so sensitive and so... Oh, it's great. I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah. Anyway, so Valhalla go listen well that's the end of ran cheers ran for being your usual wonderful self uh, so if you don't mind if you'd like to hop onto the time machine <laughs> beware the termites because because they're pretty nasty um is the, is the seat comfortable good good okay well we'll see you soon ran see you next week uh, don't run into any morlocks uh and certainly don't run into any bears goodbye <laughs> see you later
So, as the podcast is sucked down the plug hole of time, only to end up squashed by a bunch of giant spiders, there's just time for Nick to give us his customary roundup of the latest big finished titles available for you, dear listeners, to feast your ears upon. Take it away, Nick. Okay, I'm taking it away and I brought it back. <coughs> Got a lovely bunch of coconuts for you this week. H.G. Wells, the first men in the moon. It's not coconuts, it's audio plays, sorry. Going Great Guns with Nigel Planer and Gethin Anthony. Eighth Doctor Action in the final box set of the Doom Coalition, which is really rocking listeners' worlds. Universal praise for a cataclysmic ending. Bang! The Fetch and the Evil Thereof are supernatural thrillers by Omega Factor creator Jack Gerson. We have Barnaby Edwards and Carolyn Seymour reading them. Fabulous stuff guaranteed to chill you bones. Torchwood Visiting Hours starring Kai Owen and Nerys Hughes. Yes, Nerys Hughes! Bodies keep disappearing from St. Helen's Hospital. Gulp. Mm, scary stuff. And don't forget that episode one from Peter David, the Peter Davison story, Zaltis, is still available for free if you want to try before you buy. That's it. Thank you, Nick. Well done. Well done, oh boy. Have a lie down. Have a lie yeah, down. Thank you. Thank you. Have, have a mint. Oh, um, have a mint. <laughs> a mint imperial. <laughs> Only the best. Have a fox's glacier. <laughs> okay, Benji, it is the end of the podcast, but before we say goodbye, it's time for you to sum up what's happened over the last hour or so. Then I'll write it down and put it on the Big Finish website right. to amuse and entertain our listeners. Magic, well, let's sum this up. So, Charlotte Pollard, Winston Churchill, Ian McNeese. Um, ah! um, I don't know I'm how you're going to do that, that but yeah. I don't know. Sort of go, ah! um, Lots of news. The Prisoner, um, Rover, uh, Metro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, um, Drashig! Um, Captain Scarlet, of course. No, I'm not going to say stabbing faces. Uh, Montgomery's back. Um, Records. Uh, Lots of stuff. Fire, fire, fire. That's the. uh, Yeah, yeah, lots of stuff. There we go. Termites, termites. Lots of termites. You realise when I write this down, I'm going to have to send it to a psychiatrist. It's fine, it's fine. They're probably, yeah, probably used to it. It's being sent every week from from various listeners saying, I don't think this man's well. <laughs> uh, right then, time now for us to say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye. And here we go behind the scenes with Charlotte Pollard Series 2. And don't worry, there are no spoilers. <laughs> Scott Hancock. Um, it is Tuesday, the 27th of September 2016. We are in the Soundhouse Studios in North Acton, and for the next four days, I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes of Charlotte Pollard Series 2. So, yes, Nick, day one, we're about to record the first scene, which is the first scene. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, lovely to be working with India again. I haven't seen it, I don't know. I must have seen her since the last one. We've certainly communicated a lot. We've spoken on the phone and exchanged emails and texts. India, can you hear me? I can. When did we last actually exist in the same physical environment? (laughs) Do you mean when did I last see you? Oh, that's what I meant. (laughs) Um, It must have been... Oh, my God. I think it was the last series of this. That's quite worrying. 
Yeah. The thing is, I can now track time from my son, which obviously you do too. Yeah. We're going to do scene one, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, this is Charlie in scene one, so take one. The Continuing Memoirs of an Edwardian Adventuress. My name is Charlotte Pollard, and if you're reading this, I'm afraid I have to tell you that I died long, long ago. Hi, I'm Nick Briggs, and I am the uh, writer and director of Charlotte Pollard Series 2. My name is India Fisher, and my role is Charlie Pollard. I'm beginning to think flying right into the ever and ever prolixity wasn't such a good idea after all. Not the cat's meow, then. Don't try to be smug, Robert. I just thought I might be able to get some sort of control over this thing, that's all. Do you think we're going to die? I think that's a distinct... Look! Oh, don't shout in my ear. Sorry, but, but look out there, in the prolixity. What is that? The starting point for series two is, of course, that there was a massive cliffhanger at the end of series one where uh, she's crashing into the ever and ever prolixity in a capsule and things are... Uh, uh, you don't know whether it's going well or not. But that was the starting point. I wanted to transpose it into a sort of contemporary Earth sort of setting because I wanted to to have a character, a, ver- a very much... Uh, um, non-contemporary character confront the contemporary world uh, and sort of see it through her eyes and I wanted to talk about issues such as you know overpopulation and things like that but also make it an outrageous sci-fi story too. (laughs) Um, I really I expected it to be uh, a similar vein to the first series so four different stories and I really like the idea that it's four episodes of the same story and I think it I think it's pacey and funny. It made me cry at the end. I uh, I was utterly, utterly thrilled and I thought it was well worth the wait and I, I texted Nick instantly. But of course, I took rather a long time to uh, read it after he'd sent it to me and he did send me a send me an email going, oh good, I'd started to worry that you hated it because you obviously hadn't read, I sent that to you ages ago and you hadn't responded. And I was like, yeah, sorry, just got round to reading it now. But um, I, I, I don't think people will be disappointed. I think it's, dare I say it, almost better than the first series oh i know this sounds completely ridiculous robert but uh, oh never mind everything all right here uh yes thanks police law enforcement i can read yeah there's a nice little sort of theme running through these where um because it's it's that idea that sort of there is like charlie sort of takes on the mantle of the doctor i love the fact that robert keeps saying to charlie uh, you know, what do you think? Do you do you know what's going on? And she's like, no, I don't know what's going on. Why does everyone expect me to know what's going on? And we've just had a brilliant bit where she just loses it big style. And uh, and I like that. I like that new side of Charlie. She's <laughs> she's very scared. She doesn't really know what's going on. Everyone expects her to sort of take on the you know the mantle of the commander or the you know the sort of chief who knows what's going and know know what they're going to do and how to foil all these things and she hasn't got a clue she's just a you know sort of girl having an adventure is that right you up there looking at us through your camera is that how you treat things you don't understand (laughs) Uh, yes madam it is (laughs) um i think i was very cross when i wrote that scene (laughs) no i like it like the, and if I don't get a latte here in three minutes, I'm going to kick off. <laughs> I would normally go, ooh, about writers directing their own work. But actually, Nick is so 
he's you know he so knows what he wants and he's such a free and easy director and writer so we can all i mean there's been a lot of banter in the uh, in the booth today about like we you know so go well what what does this mean he says i don't know and we're like well you wrote it and he was like a very long time ago i just think i found a problem with the script <laughs> it's here that charlie says Generally, I've heard many people say it, that it's a bad thing to direct your own stuff. For me, it's the ideal situation. It, it means that you can be quite tough with your own work and change things, and you don't have to worry about upsetting anyone because you're the person who wrote it. So uh, I, I like doing it. What, what I want to do is bring the crazy stuff in my head to life. I love being directed by Nick, and um, he's, he's, he's just, you know, sort of got a no no filter way of directing which i really enjoy because i'm i'm we can be as your backstage stuff probably shows we can be fairly rude with one another and um that's sort of how i like to work really i get <laughs> it's very bad when i come across a director that isn't used to working like that yeah, bring it down i'm not driving to sort of get past your uselessness I'm, I'm nick you forget i'm happy to be directed <laughs> that's the point i'm just toying with it my name is James Joyce, but I'm playing Robert Buchan with lovely India Fisher. Come here! I think you'd better kiss me or something! Or something. <laughs> well, their relationship has changed. I mean, spoiler, spoiler alert here. Um, but as they enter the prolixity, um, they they get quite close. Yes, she uh, she may have like slightly overstepped the mark. They think they're uh, they think they're on death's door, and so uh, yes, things get a little steamy, and so they have to backpedal. It looks like it's tearing up all the rules that hold everything together, and I don't see us standing in the way of that very successfully, do you, Charlie? No need for any physical contact this time, Robert. <laughs> We've made that mistake once already today. Mistake. <laughs> he wants to be something that he isn't. Which is he you know, thinks he's a bit of an adventurer. He thinks he's a bit suave. He thinks he's got a thing, but he's actually a bit silly, and um, and not ready for adventure. And then when we get um, into the first few episodes here, he really begins to settle into it and become much more um, much more ready to, to to sit in the adventure and to just see what happens. And I think that Charlie is maybe you know sees him as a slightly more attractive prospect because he's taking to adventure a lot better than he had done gigantic explosion getting a bit lightheaded from that yeah. one. well you know that I, I i hope that robert remains in it because i i think that they've got such a nice relationship so nick <laughs> it's day one scene it's well, this day never ends scott it's still day one uh, and we're about to do our first scene with the trio the new gang of india james and dan yeah well i'm just gonna put dan in a little box <laughs> hope he doesn't mind i think they're getting the hang hello. of it hello sort of yeah you can hear that oh, yeah. they're saying hello hi, like they've never spoken in the studio hello, before I'm Hi, yeah how you doing all right it's a lovely team you've got together, actually, isn't it? It is, yes. And um, very nice to get Dan in. I, t I can't remember when I had the idea of Dan, when it turned out that Michael Maloney couldn't make it. So, Nick, when you're... We, we spoke a little bit about casting there, but when you're casting regulars who have to be in for four days... Oh, no, no, no. What do you look for in a... a yes, sort of, luxury, uh, you see. Quiet, quiet people. These people are too noisy. They can't hear ourselves thinking here. 
I thought I look, uh, you know, people who obviously are good for the role, but um, you want people who people who who make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice people who will get on and and, and uh, yeah. I'm Dan Starkey, and I'm playing Rogue Viren slash Bertram. Of course, previously Michael Maloney, a brilliant, lovely actor, had played that part and uh, was going to play it for this uh, series, but at the last minute couldn't for various reasons and and you know michael and i had a conversation about it and everything's fine and we will work with him again in other things but it just so happened that just by chance i'd written something into the script that sort of allowed for um the rogue viron stroke bertram to change and i was scratching my head about who could you know uh play the same role as Michael Maloney and I suddenly thought ah Dan yeah he'll really bring something to it he's very inventive with his voice really nice chap to work with Dan is uh Dan is a brilliant brilliant actor and is a lovely guy and it's his birthday today bless him so working on his birthday but um yeah of course I was really sad to hear that Michael wasn't doing it but um it was sort of almost works with the uh, with the new uh, storyline because the Viren has sort of changed and adapted and has been through the prolixity and back and so um, so uh, Dan is Dan is taken on the mantle brilliantly. Man of a thousand voices. He is incredibly versatile. I'm always really amazed when someone says, "Oh yeah, can you just go up and do this?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I just do Scottish." Or I just, you know, I just make him, you know, like a, a Cockney cat and, and can do everything. It's always really, really impressive. Yes, I think that's a whole sort of... Th- it, it, I mean, all, all the Virons are terribly well-spoken and use received pronunciation. But equally, they're, they're clearly, they clearly have a different agenda to human beings as well. I mean, I remember years and years ago, the first time I auditioned for Doctor Who on television, I did one sort of uh, read of the character of the Sontarans, and they went, OK, great, can you make it more alien? And it's that sort of thing of just not getting it, which is, you know, it's a, you, know you, you know, I've got a permanent frown. So it's you. You've got that kind of. You've got that kind of feel that something just doesn't quite communicate. Charlie. What, Robert? I didn't say anything. No, not you. Didn't you hear that? Hear what? No. So I'll do that. I what, really Robert, didn't hear anything. anything. No, what? I'll do that. What? Yeah. What, Robert? What, Robert? What? Oh, I heard it. There's a difference. Like what? Robert? Did you hear that? Yeah. That's right. That's why I did the punctuation that way. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there, there is definitely sort of like a quite an apocalyptic feel to it. It's like because usually with with Doctor Who, it has certain parameters. You know, the Doctor will save the day, and you know, mass casualties don't happen by and large. But this is this is pretty this is pretty full on in terms of how much the human race is getting wiped out, and especially London. We're halfway through the first day, and uh, you know, I'm. Uh... <laughs> sort of happy you know the, the, you, there's a tension to it when you're you're worried that everything will go according to plan it has gone according to plan i'm slightly ahead of schedule but in a bizarre way slightly behind schedule but we won't go into those boring details um uh, the the team are bedding in well it's quite a tricky one for dan because he goes through several stages before he arrives as the sort of humanized bertram and we've just got to that point and he's arrived performance-wise a point that I'm really really happy with and I can see it's going to work really well so I'm yeah and it's just beautiful to sit back and hear people who are so good at what they do just doing it you know um India and James and and Dan they're just marvelous so it's been quite an intimate morning really just just really the three of them yeah that's that's what it's been and and just uh, yeah I'm loving it